Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Never underestimate the power of honor. And I didn't share this in the first service. Um, and believe it or not, even though money is the probably one of the next to confidence, it's probably the most significant place I've seen God move. I still don't like to talk a lot about money. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because it used to bug me when I was in church to hear about it. <laughs> and for me, it's, the kingdom of God is so much more than money. Like, And so I never want to minimize, like, like, I never want to make it about something that's such a small part. But what I found is that um, where your, your treasure is or your heart is, so I just want to give a quick testimony. Um, when we first came to Awaken 11 years ago, we'd saved up $100,000 to buy a house, which doesn't get you much in San Diego, believe it or not. But And then we came to around Vision Builders, and we felt the Holy Spirit tell us, like, hey, you give me your first fruits, and I'll take care of your house. And we were like, oh. Okay, what, what, are you, what are you thinking, God? He says, I want, your, I want your down payment. And we were like, uh, shoot, that's, that's expensive. Uh, um, but my wife and I just went for it, you know? Our life's never been about homes or money. It's always been about obedience and the high call of God. And we just had never been a, around a church that was taking territory. And, so we did it. We did it. I just want you to know what the crazy thing is the next year they had another vision builders. It was like, I thought we just did this. Like, let me tell you something though. Let me tell you something how to, to Matt Lorenz point, you just try to outgive God. The next year for, for 11 consecutive years, We've never given less than $100,000 to vision builders, not our tithes, not our offerings. Our first one, we gave everything. The next years, we're out of overflow. And we've owned houses. I can't even tell you the homes we've owned and the things that God has done because we've never been about money. We've always been about the kingdom. We've made our money about his cause and his purpose in the earth. And I, I felt like, as much as I don't love talking about money, I felt like one of the wells that is in Awaken is the wells of prosperity. It is. And, and I'll tell you why. Listen, prosperity isn't about you having stuff. It's about you being positioned to give to every good work. It's about you being positioned to invest in the city, to invest in people, to finance things that matter, to fight evil in our city, to, to finance campaigns and finance education. And it's about the righteous having the resources and the tools to lead again. Interesting, this last year, we, we thought we were moving to Salt Lake City, to be honest. People have been asking us, man, can't believe you left San Diego for Boise. We're like, we actually didn't leave San Diego. We left Salt Lake City. We'd already, we'd already said goodbye to San Diego and we saw our next decade here. And we were looking for homes. We'd actually bought homes here and we were ready to just to get here with, with Pastor Matt and Loren. That's how much we love them and believe in them. We were so happy to have them as our pastors and and right before we moved, we felt God, or Pastor Jurgen and Leanne felt God, and, um, and they asked us to consider the region of the Northwest, and 
and as we prayed about it, you see, we've been used to hearing God's voice and obeying. Sometimes he asks you for uh, a little. Sometimes he asks you for everything. The times he's asked us for everything are the times he's rewarded us with everything. And this just happened to be an everything ask for us. To lay down the dreams we had to be here to go somewhere we've never been and didn't know. But as we did that, we had already pledged our vision builders to Salt Lake City. And after hearing that message, we've been chipping away at it, you know, but we're going to finish it this week. We're going all in on Salt Lake City and we're sewing in to what's happening in this, in this city. Can you just honor God and, and, and just give him a second to, to just tell him he's faithful. He's, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You can trust him with everything, including your money. And there's a window of opportunity around this offering. Don't miss it. Well, I wonder if we would have just ignored and I wanted to ignore. There's lots of promptings from God I've wanted to ignore. Usually those are the ones with the greatest reward on the other side. Don't miss, don't miss, don't miss. This message is gonna be epic. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of things that God is gonna speak to us this morning on Prophetic Sunday. But if that window of opportunity opened for you around uh, Pastor Matt and Pastor Jurgen's offer, don't miss it, don't miss it, don't miss it, don't miss it. Amen. High five a couple people, grab a seat. Thank you, worship team. Well, well, well. Prophetic Sunday. I heard last Sunday you had Mike Finn here. Oh my, go again. Guy's a legend, one of my dearest friends, and what I love about his life is, I mean, we all come in here moderately jacked up, but that guy set the bar for like a jacked up life, <laughs> and now a decade later, we're, he's trusted. You know what I love about God is he likes to take things that are so broken and turn them into something that's so valuable and usable and useful. And what I found is the greatest stories of transformation happen to be on the other side of the greatest stories of brokenness. So if you're coming in here and brokenness is your story, hang around here a little while. And you might find your story is the one that's giving somebody else hope. What I love about Mike Finn, Pastor Mike Finn, is he doesn't just have a story of forgiveness. And that guy needs a lot. <laughs> so does this guy. But he has a story of his life working and functioning. God didn't die for you to just be forgiven. He died for your life to function and work, to be fruitful and effective. So wherever you are on the spectrum of life working, Get all in. Get vested in the kingdom. And I'll tell you, his design for you is that your life would work. I hear we had one of the biggest Wednesday nights here on freedom. Flip. What kind of church shows up on Wednesday night to do business with all their ish? That's like a real church. Um. I want to talk a little bit around the context of freedom in this message and then begin to lay out a way for us to access what freedom is actually for. Um, and uh, so the name of this message is I Can See Clearly Now. And I snatched an acronym out of the word clear. You guys know there's no prophetic words coming from Pastor Colin unless they come in the form of a acronym. Yeah. That's how God speaks to me. I don't care how he speaks to you. I just care that you discover the way he speaks to you. In fact, it's more important that we get God speaking to you than you just hearing from us. This is a church that actually is designed for you to hear from God for yourself. One of the ways that you and I are going to hear from God the most, in fact, I've heard it said 
that 90% of the way you and I will hear from God is through reading his word. I just want you to know that. And if, that's why we do Awaken Bible in a year. That's why we don't have the Bibles written in Latin or Old King James English. We actually want it in a language that you can read and understand. But what we want is for you to have the discipline and the diet and the appetite to read the word for yourself and hear from God for yourself. And you know one of the things that I love, and you watch this, you watch this. If you haven't had the habit of being in the word, you watch this. The, Start to get in it, and then you'll come to Sunday, and there'll be somebody will pray the scripture you read that week. Somebody will preach right out of the same. It's crazy how it happens, and what happens is it's better that the preaching confirms what God is already showing you than it, than it is the first time you heard something. But if you'll be a person who's diligent in the word, you'll show up to church, and church will be different. Church will just be echoing the things God's already been revealing to you. We don't want to be pastors and leaders that got to tell you where to go. We want God to tell you where to go, and then we come along and coach and steer and reinforce. Are you with me? We're not the heroes. We're not the heroes. We're the guides. You're the hero. You're the heroes. We're going to guide you into a life that's epic and productive, but you got to be doing the things that heroes do. Heroes read the word. Oh, is that my dad calling me? Papa Tom. Sorry, I'll have to call him back. <laughs> so like him, too, you know. Uh, <laughs> um, speaking of the Word of God, let's get into the Word of God, and then let's begin to kind of break down where we're going. I want to prepare you as we read the Word. Let it, let it impact you. This is, not, this is not the words of men. This isn't the words of history. Jesus is the word of God. Okay, and it's prophetic Sunday. The, the very essence of prophecy is the revealing of Jesus. Jesus is the word. The word is life. It, 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 there's, it's powerful. It's transformative. So as we read it, let's just not read it casually. Let's read it expectantly. And allow the word of God, the seed of God, the life of God to get inside of us. Are you ready for this? Okay, we're going to start in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23. We're going to read out of the New King James Version. I'm even going to give you two different versions that we use in the two scriptures we're going to read. And you can find the one you like the most. Okay? Um, what I love about these two scriptures is they're both written from Paul, okay, and Paul was a, a, a pastor or an apostle over different cities. The first is a letter he wrote to the church in Ephesus, and so what I love about it is these were churches in cities. These weren't little community holy huddles where we just had a few believers gathering, and you know what I mean? It's like awakened church is a city church. We are designed to affect the city. If we're in the city and the city's not better, what are we doing here? If the city isn't shifted, transformed, then we have failed. And so I want us to know we need to be strong and potent and prosperous as a church because we have a city to impact. It's not just about you and yours. That's a small life. God came that you might have life and life abundant. An abundant life is a life that's bigger than you, bigger than your own needs. That's actually our definition of prosperity. It's not that you just have a bunch of stuff. It's that you're able to give a lot and impact a lot and serve a lot and move the needle a lot. Who's waiting for your life to be a little bigger, a little better? Who's on the other side of you getting healthy, you getting restored? Gosh. A selfish life stays small and broken. Here we have the ridiculous, extraordinary, precious blood of Jesus that redeemed us from everything, and yet we will not apply it to ourselves because we've made it all about ourselves. Actually, it's when we make it about others and we make it about the call on our life that we begin to apply the blood to our life so that our lives function. You with me? Dang it. This feels nothing like the nine, and I liked the nine. 
I almost want to do a one o'clock. Can we do a one o'clock service? I, I just want to keep coming. I want to keep coming back. Like, listen, the word of God is so real. It's powerful. It's, this isn't like a, a rehearsed me- message I just memorized. This is the living word of God that's for this service. Don't underestimate the power of God's word in your life. Okay, golly. We're going to start in Ephesians 1, 15 to 23. This was Paul praying for the believers in Ephesus. And then the next verse, he's going to be praying for the believers in Coloss. The book of Colossians was written to cities, written to churches in cities. Okay? He says, therefore, I also... After I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you. That's how it is when I come to Salt Lake City. I do not cease giving thanks for this church and you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you, you, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. It goes on. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one that is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all and all. Imagine if you were getting that in your life. Meditating and reading the word of God. Then he says to the church in Coloss. So, this is Colossians 1.9. We've not stopped praying for you. Must pray a lot. For since we first heard of you, we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will. Wow. So that means I shouldn't pray prayers like, if it be your will. Because there's another one praying that you would have complete knowledge of his will. So how can, I, how can there be complete knowledge of his will and we're still asking if it be thy will? You know what happens when you pray if it be thy will prayers? Nothing. I'm going to tell you, nothing. Your religion does nothing. Faith is what moves. Believers are what move things. But if, he is, if he's writing in here that you can know the fullness of his will, you can know the fullness of his will. What would your life look like if you knew the fullness of his will? Dang. Lost myself in the word here. (laughs) Then you will live, then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and the patience you need. Holy cow. May you be filled with joy. That means you're going to enjoy it along the way. You're not going to quit and you're going to find joy in his will. Come on now. Always thanking the Father. He's enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave 
our sins. What? Do not underestimate the power of God's word. Well, you know, coming off of freedom, uh, kind of weak, and I love the prophetic, is after freedom. And, and when I, as I share the word today, you're going to begin to understand why freedom is so paramount to your progress, your productivity, and eventually your promotion. And I wanted to show a slide real quick of an orchard in Brazil. Anybody like Brazil? Oh, that's right. That's right. I wish I could speak Portuguese because there's a whole bunch of Brazilians here encountering God. Salt Lake City awaken. So I found an orchard from Brazil. This orchard in Brazil produces one million tons of oranges every year. It's a lot of productivity. It's a lot of vitamin C. My immune system feels boosted just thinking about that. If you close your eyes and take a deep breath, you could probably smell the oranges right now. <sighs> anyway, anyway. Now, I, what I want you to know is the first year that orchard started, or the first decade even, they weren't producing a million tons. But as they began to develop healthy productive oranges that people wanted. I want you to know people always want healthy production. When your life is healthy and productive, people want it. If you want to know why people don't want what you have, it might be. You might need to inspect the fruit. Yep. Okay. I want you to look at what happened when they were trusted with some more land. Because when you are faithful, and you are productive, and you are healthy, you are promoted into new territory. And so I want to show the next slide, which is a picture of the land next door that they were trusted with. Oh, wait. So they weren't just given another orchard? No, no, no. See, they were promoted into new territory. But the territory was full of that. Weeds, tangled mess, who knows what's stuck in there. And I found about freedom, since we came on off freedom season, what's freedom for anyway? Is freedom to just clear the land so you no longer have debris, toxic thinking, trauma, stuff that's just useless, or could possibly be freedom is to clear the land to produce something. And it changed the way I view freedom. I used to think of freedom as I got problems. I'm tired of having problems. Maybe if I go and see the freedom guy or go to the freedom night, I can deal with my bad issues. But what changed for me is when I started to realize that freedom was the clearing of land, the, the taking in the heavy equipment of God and, and, and getting my life and my heart and my mind and my soul and my spirit cleared of debris, cleared of unbelief, cleared of rejection, cleared of perversion, cleared of all the stuff that was, inhib that was inhibiting growth. And what's funny is that you could have the greatest, or you could take the prize orange, the prize orange from a million tons of oranges. There's gotta be one that's still the best. And you could take the seed from that thing. And I'm telling you, no matter how good that seed was, if you stuck it in there, nothing's growing. Nothing's growing. Does that change the way you think about freedom a little bit? Let me tell you something. Freedom is a lifestyle for us. You know why? Because I like productivity. I like a life that's healthy and productive, and I actually like promotion. I like to be trusted with more. 
But every time you're trusted with more, you got to go clear the land again. And you thought you were going backwards. You thought you were dealing with stuff you already dealt with. Yeah, you dealt with it at your last acre. But now you got 100 acres to clear. Let's get to work, baby. Let's get to work on clearing the land. Clearing the land so that we can be optimally productive. Oh. One of the reasons one-third of Jesus' miracles were deliverance-oriented is because he engineered us to be productive and there were things in the way of us being optimized so he made a way to eradicate everything to come out of agreement with lies and deception and perversion and limitation and poverty and sickness and things that grandma had and grandpa had that seemed to be creeping up into your life and all of a sudden keeping you from optimization. Jesus came to buy us out of the kingdom of darkness so that we could become productive. And when you become productive, you get promoted. And when you get promoted, you got to go back and clear the land again. Oh, my gosh. So anyway, a little tip on freedom. It's why I'm always first in line. If it's freedom night, I don't think like issue. I think productivity. I, I, I just, I've changed. I've reoriented my lenses around what freedom is for. It's not for people that have problems. It's actually for people that want to be productive. Come on. The seed of God the, the harvest on your seed is oftentimes determined by the condition of your heart. Remember the parable of the sower? He threw seed on stony ground, nothing grew. Then there was like the, the, the not very good soil, hadn't done a deep enough excavation, grew, and then as soon as persecution come, you know, dies. And then there's the cares of life and the deceitfulness of riches. Boy, that's a care, scary one for me. I'm so glad for vision builders because it keeps my heart uncrowded from greed. It doesn't let money ever be all about me, and it keeps my heart pure. And it allows when God decides to sow into me, there's not things crowding, crippling, hindering what's born of God. I want you to know, Prophetic Sunday is the seed of God. It's the seed of God. It's, it's the seed getting into you. Are you ready for seed? If God was going to put his best into you, which he did, by the way, are you ready to receive it? Are you ready to give place to what's born of God that overcomes the world? The surrender of your heart and your soil to his word is everything. His word will take you places that you have no business going. But what I found is I am in the way of his seed working. Okay, shoot. Hey. In, uh, in the nine, I was able to get through all five lenses because the prophetic, another word for the prophet was the seer. That means you see well. Jesus was called the prophet. You know what he said? I only do the things I see my father do. I only say the things I hear my father say. He didn't pray a lot of if it be your will prayers. I just want you to know. He's the son of God who knew the will of God. He's also the second Adam who bought you back into the image of God so you can hear from God and you can see God too. And if you're living beneath anything less than, than Jesus and pursuing what he had, then you have the wrong target. Listen, we all have a lot of work to do to get closer and closer to what we were built to be, but that's got to be the target. He's the target. So what I found about sight is sight has as much to do with the perception of what you see as it does to what you see. So a lot of times when God will speak something to you, it's not the the word that's inaccurate, it's the lenses you have and the way you process. He says something amazing about you, but you've never thought an amazing thought about you. So you immediately interpret the word through a lens that's twisted or tainted and is, will not maintain the promise. Are you with me? 
And so what God wants to do on Prophetic Sunday is allow us not just to see the right thing, but perceive what we see the right way. Can I give us five lenses that will help you and I not see well and then seize well? Good? You ready? The first one is the biggest story and the biggest miracle of my life is the lens of confidence. The lens of confidence. Okay? And... um, I have a quick story. Um, when I was 12 years old, I was a confident kid. And uh, I was a good soccer player, really good soccer player, actually. And I'd gotten invited to try out to this team called the Lions, the Federal Way Lions. They were the best team in the region. And you, you, you couldn't just openly try out. You had to be invited. So, And I was only 12 years old, so I... I it's not like I, I was playing to be the best. I loved the game. I just loved to play soccer. And so I got invited to this team, and uh, something that I wasn't expecting happened to me. I got cut. And what, I, what happened was a confident kid who had dreams and loved the game all of a sudden had experienced uh, rejection and fear that I wasn't prepared for. And my confidence took a hit. And what I want you to know is when your confidence takes a hit, your lenses change. And so guess what? The same opportunity came up the next year and I didn't go after it because I didn't like the fear of failure. I didn't like the feeling of rejection. I, didn't, I, I began to come into agreement with the lies that God had left me on my own. Because what happens when you have disappointment is opportunities come in for unclean voices and thoughts that want to govern you. And so I began to be governed by fear and insecurity um, and need for approval. And for uh, almost two decades of my life after that, I wouldn't give my best because I felt like my best wasn't enough. And I felt like if I could find a way or an excuse for why I only had to give 70%. And, and so I was living way beneath the promise of God because of a moment that sabotaged my confidence. Greatest miracle in my life is God called me on it. And he said, Colin, I'm going to change your name. I'm going to move you out of insecurity and I'm going to take you into confidence. Confidence is actually going to be your identity. Now, I had to surrender a lot of fear and I had to break contract and freedom for me is no joke. I mean, I'm telling you those first years were pretty ugly of breaking contract, a lot of crying. What happens, insecure people open themselves up to a lot of other vices. You with me? Okay, what I found is confidence will keep you from a lot of pain, but insecurity will open the door to a lot of pain. And so the first thing that God wants to do is he wants to readjust your lenses and take you back into identity and confidence. It is, it is 10 times the miracle that finances have been for us. Because listen, money's one thing, but to, to look yourself in the mirror and trust yourself and like yourself and respect yourself, if you know what it's like to not like yourself and not trust yourself, you know what kind of miracle that is for me. There is no miracle in my life like God changing me from insecure to confident. But what I want you to know is that if he can do it for a broken kid like me, he could do it for anybody. I'm telling you, so wherever you are, if that's a lens adjustment, I want you to know God wants to do and work on your confidence. Listen, confidence in the kingdom is called faith. Remember David? I am confident of this, that I'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, not in the sweet by and by when Jesus comes back and rescues me from this pitiful life. No, 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 it was like, there is a promise for God in this life, in the land of the living. But my lenses have been adjusted to where I can not just hear the promise, but actually see it for myself and lay hold of it for my life in this life. The next lens. In fact, it's one of the lenses that Paul encouraged um, I think it was Coloss, or I can't remember Ephesians, but it was the lens of length. In other words, it might take a little while to get into the promise. He might have said something to you back when you were a child, Joseph, 
or back when you were already an old man, Abraham, and you still had to wait. Come on. God, I waited my whole life for the promise, and and now I have the promise, and I got to wait some more. And I want you to know that one of the promises of God is that he would strengthen you with endurance and perseverance to not abandon the seed as it's growing so you can get all the way to your harvest. I want you to know most of the time, the thing that pulls me away from receiving what God promised is I get tired of waiting. I grow impatient. wonder how many things we could be living in right now that would be amazing if we wouldn't have quit and done something new. The lens of length. We got to realize, even Jim Collins said, uh, good to great, average overnight success story is about nine years. We don't like hearing that stuff. I want to say, this is the year. This is the year. God's going to do it. I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to make a million bucks. I'm going to... What I found is it takes time. You know, we enter into the kingdom through faith and patience or perseverance. And so God wants to bring us lenses that can have holding power, staying power. Next lens. It's the lens of expense. Now I want to talk about this in two ways. The first is the price, the expense that was paid for you and me by Jesus Christ who came to buy us back from dysfunction. He, what engineer builds something to be amazing and then is satisfied with it not working? Jesus was sent on a mission to rescue your epic life, the thing that you were built to do and be. You are the joy set before him. Not just relationship either, but the the pre-wired function and fruitfulness. The acres and acres of abundant life that he saw for you and built you for. It was so valuable to him that he paid the ultimate price to buy you out of dysfunction. Not to just go to heaven, but to take you into your original engineering. The the highest, not silver and gold, the blood of God's Son paid for your life. Secondly, though, for you and I to step in to all God has for us, we have a price to pay. I don't know about you, but if I'm buying a new car, I want to get a discount. You know what I'm talking about? Come on. New TV. It's got to be somewhere I can buy cheaper. You know what I mean? You're in Best Buy, and you're on Amazon at the same time, seeing if you can. You know what I'm talking about. I don't care if you buy your goods and services or your products on discount. Never, never want your destiny on discount. There are no no shortcuts to the plans of God for you. There are none. You and I want to pay full price to the assignment, to the gifting, to the calling. We want to put the time and the effort into what God built us for. Next lens is the lens I'm in this year. Again, it's the lens of awe, which is my worship. You know what I realized in the busyness of church and life and raising kids and building businesses and taking over, pastoring a church, and it's like you're busy. And I lost the perspective of how amazing God is. So I've actually narrowed my goals this year down to one thing, that I will re-encounter the awe of God. I've made the awe of God my most important pursuit. Because there's good things, listen, and, and all the things we're doing are good and they're important, but when I lose sight of him, He's a good father. He loves me. He's crazy about me. And all the best ideas I've had are in his presence. All the greatest business strategies, all the solutions for life are in him. But I I just feel called to go back to encounter him again. I want you to know when I first met God, I wasn't born Christian. Thank God. Half the Christianity that I've seen is like, I don't even want to be born into that. 
I, I, I'm telling you, I hate religion. Religion cripples things. You know, you got Michelangelo in the Sistine Chapel, and he, he paints this epic picture. But when it's discovered again, it was so caked with, like, soot and, and dust. They had no color. It was black and white. They thought he painted in black and white until they started cleaning it. And then it was like the most vibrant colors. That's religion. Religion will take the most vibrant, colorful life you were intended to live, and it'll make it so black and white and dull. There's no luster, no light. This isn't religion. Jesus didn't die to bring you into a religion. He bought you to bring you into life. Color. When I got saved, man, the birds were different. The, the colors. I got saved on a beach in Hawaii, and everything was more bright and vivid. I don't know about you, but I'm endeavoring to go after the awe of God. Finally, last lens as we're bringing this home. I want to prepare you. God's going to move. He's already moving in your heart. He's already moving in your heart. I can feel it. He's moving in my heart. I had to get off the stage after the last service and respond to my own altar call. <laughs> because I'm, I'm with you. Like, listen, we're not like the gurus here that are going to tell you how to live. We're like, we're in process too. We're, we're in pursuit of God too. We, we need answers too. We need miracles too. Like, gosh, like there's a grace to preach. There's not necessarily a grace to live. Like, I've got to figure things out, you know, and... I need these altars as much as anybody, as much as anybody, as much as anybody. Two things I will say about these altars, though. Don't just approach God with that picture of broken or uh, things that aren't working. Always approach God with what is working. I found giving him what works is so powerful because he can multiply what works. And I feel like these altars today, something... Somebody here, it's not like your life's broken, it's functional, but God wants to 10 exit and put, well, maybe like the scripture, 30, 60, 100 fold your life. Man, what if what's in your life right now that you thought was harvest is seed? You got a lot of seed. You thought it was harvest. Dang, I feel the presence of God right here. Listen, listen to this story I heard. Listen to this story I heard. And I haven't thought of this story in 15 years. It's a man who was invited uh, fishing. And they, he, he'd never been out before. It was sport fishing on the ocean. I know you guys don't have an ocean nearby here. But, uh, um, and uh, they took him out to these fishing grounds, and they were pulling in like these uh, 10, 15-pound, like just all, I mean, they were catching them like, He's like, this is the greatest experience I, I've ever had. And they were just just filling the boat, like, with with big fish. And and he was like, this is so fun. He's like, oh, no, 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 this we're not fishing. This is bait. This is the bait. We're going after the big fish. I see somebody in here, man. You got stuff working for you. you you're not, that's not harvest. That's not harvest, man. I'm telling you. Let me Let me tell you right now. No, 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 no. Grace abounds in deep waters. Last lens. Might be the most important lens. This will, this will be the lens that can change your whole, your whole world. Your whole world can be changed with this lens. It's the lens of responsibility. It's when you start asking yourself, who's waiting for my life to work? Yeah, I, I, I want to believe for God's harvest and his best. But who's waiting? Who's on the other side of you? Of your life working? Of you staying sober? Of you winning in business? Of, of you staying together as a family? Who's waiting for you to take responsibility for your life to work? The price has been paid for your life to work. 
but will you add the work that needs to get done and take responsibility for the promise of God? Maybe it's not even an issue of dysfunction, but you know you could be more fully optimized. Who's waiting for you to win at the next level, to go to the next level? I feel grace in here to go to the next level. I feel grace in here to say yes to the next thing. I, I feel somebody that you're looking at the economy and you're, you're thinking of scaling back and playing it safe. And I'm not saying be stupid. I'm saying, but don't play it safe. You need to be, you need to be obedient to the ear of God. There's going to be avenues and ideas that flow in this season, but they're not going to be for the timid. They're going to be for those that are engaged. You know what's on the other side of responsibility? It's revival. When you're praying, this is how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. They're like, dang, I see a harvest. He's like, you see well, but don't pray for the harvest. Pray for the laborers. Pray for those that will take responsibility for what's coming. God has big plans for this city. He needs laborers. He needs you. He needs you to move yourself out of the column of recipient into the column of producer. Yes, I'm telling you, he needs you to remove yourself from the column of broken into the column of productive. That's what he needs. He's, he needs you to take responsibility. Now, yeah, we're done here. Um, but I feel the word of the Lord so strong. We have Awaken You coming up, right? We, we launch Pathfinders uh, this Tuesday night. PFA, our next crop of epic leaders. There's a hundred new apprentices across the Awaken Church right now that are all on a six-month discipleship journey. You know why? To be more productive. An army of producers because we take responsibility for our lives to function because revival is on the other side of our life working. This is the last weekend to get your applications in for Awaken You. Maybe you've been on the fence. Maybe you've been on the fence, a little bit inconvenient. I'm telling you, it's time. It's time. It's never convenient. The greatest decisions you will ever make will be made in the most inconvenient times. And I'll say this, the greatest rewards that you will ever experience are on the other side of inconvenient obedience. I see in this region, in Salt Lake City, revival. But I'm praying for you to be the laborer and the responsible one to say yes to the high call of saving a city. Pastor Matt, you want to join me up here? Can we have the altar team, the, the, the prayer team come forward? We're going to have uh, time to do business up here. Time to do business. We're closing this service out. You'll be able to grab your kiddos. But we're going to do some business first, okay? And if you feel connection with this message, how can you not? Who doesn't want to be productive? I might find myself on this altar call too. I, I'm just telling you, like, when you're in an environment where God is available, draw near to him. I want to prepare you, altar team. You guys are going to have some of the most crazy words of knowledge for people. I'm just telling you. I'm going to tell you. Be ready. Ideas that uh, be careful not to use your own intellect as God begins to speak. Because the prophetic is the seed of God. And there are people coming forward that have hearts ready to receive. And we're going to plan, telling you, there's things are going to happen up here. These are altars of transformation always confidently approach the altar of grace to find help in your time of need. It's not a place of weakness. The altars are a place of strength and power and shift. Let's all stand on our feet real quick. 
Can we give God a praise and give him a little honor? How good is his word? His word. Just put your hands up to heaven. Close your eyes. I just want you to see him. It's prophetic Sunday, but prophecy is the revelation or the revealing of Jesus. I want you to see him in your own eyes, with your own mind. He's for you. He loves you. I see forgiveness. I see healing. I see dreams revived, ideas. I see religion being eradicated, telling you Jesus came to eradicate religion to bring life and I release life and here's what I release over you this season this year is going to be the year that you see clearly I see people here you've had prophetic words over your life but you've never seen them this is the year that you see clearly this is the year that you see clearly now this is the year that you see clearly open the eyes of the understanding that we might see you, that we might see your goodness, that we might see your plans, that we might see your power, that we would come face to face with your best and your love. In Jesus' name, I'm going to give it to Pastor Matt Tuggle. God bless you. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.